The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Hey Rockheads, take those toxic assets off your balance sheet and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Lawrence Ryan announcing show number 432 with guest Russ Vestino, recorded live Tuesday, February 10th, 2009. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. And now offering SharePoint 2007 video training with Sahil Malik on DVD, DNR TV style. Order your copy now at www.franklins.net. Support is also provided by Telerik, combining the best in Windows forms and ASP.NET controls with first-class customer service. Online at www.telerik.com. And by Data Dynamics. Makers of ActiveReports.net, simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for Windows Forms and ASP.NET Web applications. Online at www.datadynamics.com. Support is also provided by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who taught Ben Bernanke... Just sit back and relax, dude. Carl Franklin. Thank you very much, and welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. I'm in New London today. I'm heading out in just a few hours to go down to Dev Connections in Orlando, where I'll be speaking and doing a live show with Richard. But first, I thought I would uh, update you on a few things that are going on in the community First of all, there's Microsoft Virtual Tech Days Developers 2009. This is a 24-hour virtual event that's happening simultaneously, uh, English, Chinese, and Czech. It's going to be April 1st, 2009. There's over 95 sessions that you can choose from. Uh, here's just a few of them. ASP.NET MVC, Separation of Concerns and Unit Testing with Steve Michelotti. Green IT for a down economy with Kathy Malone, implementing a brownfield application and in-depth MVC from Kyle Bailey, maintaining resilient code using tools from Microsoft DevLab and research sites uh, by Jason Bach, WCF file transfer progress indication with Demetrius Papadimitriou, automating task and other productivity improvements in WPF with Ken Spencer, cranking ASP.NET performance to 11 with Todd Anglin, uh, Microsoft Silverlight applications need data, and here's how to get it, and how WPF and data binding are best friends. That's Gil Clearin who's doing that, and using the composite application guidance for Windows Presentation Foundation with Claudio LaSala. 
This is a free event. All you got to do is go to msfttechdays.com and register with your name and email address, and you're in. Again, Microsoft Virtual Tech Days Developers 2009. Defy all challenges together. A 24-hour virtual event, April 1st, 2009. And here's a little relief for anyone who finds themselves stuck in the recession with nowhere to go. Uh, you know, our good friends down at Infusion Development are still looking for talented SharePoint developers and user interface developers to work on WPF applications, including Surface work. They have lots of cool projects in their pipeline. They're looking aggressively in Dubai, London, New York, Toronto, and Boston. They don't do the whole free apartment for a year thing anymore, the New York tour, but they do pay for your entire relocation. And they take care of visas and they provide accommodations for a couple of months. So check it out. If you're interested in those jobs, send email directly to me, Carl, at franklins.net, and I will hook you up with those guys. All right. Now let's get into Better Know Framework. <laughs> Okay, and uh, Better Know Framework is this little segment I do on .NET Rocks every week where I shine a little flashlight in a dark corner of the .NET Framework, uh, just tell you about a particular class or a namespace or an interface or something like that, so that over time, you, uh, by osmosis, you might learn something. And uh, I've been focusing on WPF controls or, well, system.windows controls. Some of these are Silverlight controls, too. Uh, they're in the system.windows.controls namespace, and today I'm talking about the document viewer. The document viewer represents a document viewing control that can host paginated fixed document, which is a, a class, fixed document context, such as an XPS document. The remarks say that dependency properties for this control might be set by the control's default style. If a property is set by a default style, the property might change from its default value when the control appears in the application. The default style is determined by which desktop theme is used when the application is running. And for more information on that, see themes. And uh, there isn't really an example in the documentation except to instantiate a document viewer class. But that's it. Know it, live it, learn it. We don't have an email. Richard and I are down at Dev Connections this week. Okay, well, our guests today are Russ Fastino and Stan Schultes. Russ wisely shelved dreams of rock and roll stardom in order to share his vast knowledge with developers nationwide. Given that he can't sing or play an instrument other than Guitar Hero, we're all very grateful. Now, I didn't write this, so don't send me hate letters. These are Russ's words, not mine. Russ has more than 25 years of software development. He's the creator of the Russ's Toolshed Developer Seminar Series and has donned his trademark suspenders, hard hat, and tool belt in presentations for over 80,000 developers at 1,800 events. Russ also has expertise in developing VB and web-based solutions using Microsoft tools. Before joining Microsoft 11 years ago, Russ worked as a VB instructor, headed up a development department, and created several client-server applications and system software products. His specialties include development with VBNet, XML Web Services, ASP.NET, Silverlight, development tools, and debugging. But make no mistake, Russ is not all brains. His big heart led him to establish Take a Swing at Cancer, Incorporated, a nonprofit organization that holds softball and golf-based fundraisers to battle cancer. You have to know the code to get into the shed. Know the code. Stan Schultes is an architect and software developer at a mid-sized high-tech manufacturing company, obfuscation, obfuscation, where he designs and builds engineering design automation systems. 
He's been building enterprise manufacturing software for more than 25 years and building Microsoft solutions since 1994. He has led application development teams in companies as diverse as a small startup to the Fortune 200, and he runs the SarasotaDev.net developer group. He's a former columnist and contributing editor with Visual Studio Magazine, has written in MSDN Online, and has recently wrapped up work with the upcoming Rocks Professional.net Nuke 5 book. Stan is a prolific speaker at community events such as the MSDN DevCon, Visual Studio 2008 and 2005 launch events, Day of Patterns and Practices, Code Camps, User Groups, and more. He's recorded more than 15 MSDN webcasts and is currently developing new episodes of the popular It's All About the Tools developer seminar series with Russ Toolshed Festino. Stan can be reached through his website at vbnetexpert.com or his blog, stanschultes.spaces.live.com. That's S-T-A-N-S-C-H-U-L-T-E-S dot spaces dot live dot com. Hi, guys. Hey, you know what, uh, Carl? You can summarize Stan's whole bio is that he is a real developer. All right? That's where <laughs> he's at, man. <laughs> 100% all the way. And uh, heart of gold. He loves building community. He's always out there helping. And um, uh, he's one of the greatest MVPs around. That's all. That's all I know. Thanks, besides, besides you, of course, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> well, you left MVP out of your bio, Stan. We're going to have to plug that in there. Oh, no, no, no. Microsoft MVP and Visual Basic. Yeah, no, there I'm you sorry. Go. Yeah. It's in there. I was just thinking that it, I didn't hear it, but uh, I, I think I was probably thinking about something else while you were saying it. <laughs> you know, maybe I missed that line. Stan is a Microsoft MVP in Visual Basic and is very active working and speaking within the Florida developer community and beyond. You did miss that line. I did miss that line. That's why I didn't. Because I was sitting here thinking, you know, there's there's two things I say in my bio that are kind of the same. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was thinking, well, I only heard one of them. <laughs> so in February, actually it goes back longer than that, but in February I went down to uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, to a code camp that uh, Russ was speaking at. And not only speaking, but he wanted to make a little film. Right, Russ? That is correct. A TV show style uh, production, high quality. Uh, you know, my vision is, um, you know, TV on the internet. We're we're on the cusp of something huge here. Uh, you've seen it with the Olympic coverage uh, recently with the uh, inaugural address. Um, you know, my understanding is more people watch that over the internet now than actually on t- TV. So it looks like uh, you know the times are changing, and it looks like. Um, uh, this is an opportunity for us to help kind of shape that that new um, wave, the, this new way of disseminating information. So we'll try a few things new. We'll try a few things and see how they work. Um, I'm trying to um, do something that um, has always been a battle online, and that's to help build community uh, through online broadcast. And I think we got a few things that we're doing in the show that, that, that really help doing that, and we'll talk about more of those once we get into the you know, the actual show, but Stan and I are both stoked. I mean, this was an incredible uh, filming experience. We just went through it a couple days ago uh, at the time of this recording, and um, it uh, we're excited about it. The folks just loved it. They were yelling and screaming at the end. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Why don't you just tell everybody what the event was? All right, so it was at the uh, South Florida Code Camp, Um I did that for a few reasons. Number one, um, didn't have to worry about demand generation for the live studio audience. They already had 800 people signed up for the uh, the event. 
And for those that are unfamiliar with Code Camps, uh, these are a great thing uh, to attend. They're free. They're run by volunteers. They're they're run uh, by the community for the community. And many of the MVPs and influentials participate in the event. And uh, we actually had quite a few on hand in our in our studio audience recording. I think we had over a dozen MVPs uh, sitting right in that room, which is just a phenomenal support. And um, so the event was a great venue. It was over at DeVry University. I want to thank them once again for, for hosting that. And um, it was all done in a volunteer basis, as was the uh, TV show that we actually produced. It was all done on a, on a volunteer basis, so it kind of fit in. Uh, really nice. We we set up a ticketing system to um, uh, you know how to keep the crowd to the right number of seats in there, and um, you know we gave the tickets to a lot of the influentials and said you know go ahead and use them in drawings in the morning. People winners they can come into the event and so forth. So we got the room room full without much of a problem. We went in uh, Friday night. We did all our um, our setup, and uh, let me tell you, Carl, so happy you were there uh, helping us out. I want to make sure I give you credit to Carl. Oh, sure. Volunteered sure. to, to to help us out, and boy, he really made me learn the value of having a producer on site of the show because there's no way one person can do it all. Uh, no way, no way. And uh, uh, e- even you know, going through and, and you know, taking a look at the physical facility and, and determining the optimal places to place the cameras. Uh, we had um, we've got a lot of editing ahead of us. I do know that, and I'm really looking forward to it. I did download all the videos. I took a sneak peek at a few of them, and they were just awesome quality. So tell us what you talked about. Oh, the tool show itself, right, rather than the, than the build-up to it. So, yeah, the tool show uh, was actually a very interesting uh, kind of a concept. And um, I actually put a recent blog entry up on my site that kind of described uh, the, uh, the content that we're covering and really the purpose of the show. So the purpose of the show, first of all, is that there there is a common problem amongst uh, software developers, and that is uh, we always feel just inundated with developer tools. There are just so many out there, and it's not uncommon to feel that you're missing out on something that can make your life easier as a developer or power user. And, uh, you know, let's face it, the Internet is noisy. It's very difficult to find things on the Internet that might help you, you know, when you're looking for a certain tool. If you're ever thinking there's got to be an easier way to do this, you know, uh, that there that there is. And there probably is. And it's just that you don't know about it. So the, one of the purposes of this show is raising that level of awareness to uh, to the developers and let them know there are, there are tools out there that help you uh, solve several types of problems. And we try to, to get, um, you know, categories of problems that... that, that that developers are are facing day to day, or maybe they see, you know, in, in the near horizon, or even if they're not using it right now. I mean, it's good to know about these tools in your back pocket. And so the show is meant to be a very high level, fast paced show on doing several quick, sexy demos. Right? It's not a tutorial style show where you go into depth on any particular topic. It's one more of just simply raising the level of awareness. Where do I download it from? What are some of the caveats on installation? What are some of the usage notes? Uh, so we talk about all that, and then we get right into the demo and do the demos. And I'd like to mention now that uh, that I've shrunk a link to your blog post, shrinkster.com slash 14B as in baby 8. 
And so the uh, the problems that I mentioned to, and this is how I kind of set the pain. Uh, typically, when I do um, developer uh, seminars, Carl, you've seen me do these many times. Yeah. Um, Stan, I, I always try to put myself in the seat of the audience, and I think that's why a lot of times folks like coming to my sessions because you know within a matter of a minute they they feel like I'm I'm one of them. That's because I am. You know, I've been a developer my entire career. And, uh, you know, I, I think we asked the question, how many folks are doing uh, website development right now? And, how, and, and just about everybody put their hands up. And I says, and how many folks, uh, you know, are, are, are looking at putting videos or mapping services as part of your websites? And, um, you know, are looking for some tools for that. And about 80% of the people put their hands up. And this is just one small sample in the room. And lo and behold, those are, you know, the first two topics we're talking about is, is video capability display and websites and, and integrating mapping services. And so those, those two demos were on uh, the tool. We were, we're, we're, something else we're doing different in this, in this show is we're leading with the tool and backdooring with the technology. I think there are far too many technology-focused webcasts and podcasts um, that are out there on the internet, and this is really zooming in on the tool. And by the way, to demonstrate the tool, yeah, we're going to talk about technology in order to demonstrate it. You know, so when we demoed, um, you know, putting in videos right into websites, well, you've got some tools to help you do that. You got Encoder along with a plugin that plugs into Silverlight Live Services, which is another tool. But really, the underlying technology is Silverlight, right, that you're talking about there. So you're going to end up talking about that uh, as well. And it's been funny. I've done a lot of these sessions before as webcasts and as user groups. And folks come up to me afterwards and say, hey, Russ, you know, I really got to check into that Silverlight thing. That looks pretty good. So you accomplish the same thing in terms of delivering the messaging. But I think it's a little bit more interesting to kind of lead with the tool because, let's face it, that's the first thing developers are looking for, our tools to do the job. If I could interject, you know, another... Uh tool that we, we uh, started with was Fiddler. You know, Fiddler is an HTTP proxy debugger. And, you know, we lead with this idea that, hey, you can look at the stream, but then the demo itself is actually WCF uh, security. And we show a little bit about how, you know, the endpoints are configured so that you got a message going across that's plain text and then one that's encrypted. And, you know, the, the demo itself of the WCF isn't too exciting, but then you look at what's going on behind the scenes with Fiddler and you see everybody in the audience's eyes pop open and go, wow, I didn't know you could do that. And uh, you know, so that's the kind of thing that Russ is talking about when he says we're, you know, we're backing into the technology from the tool. But um, yeah, you know, and, and that's the tool they got us started on the whole. You know, the whole it's all about the tools. Yeah, Stan process. and I were were over at a code camp up in Jacksonville. We car carpooled back, and he sat in on my WCF session right about technology. And at a point during the, the session, I did I showed Fiddler, and he, after talking in the car, he goes, "Man, that Fiddler tool that was the best thing about that whole." You know, ours, when you showed that tool, it was like, man, I can use that, you know, right. on my job. And I go, this is not uncommon. You know, many times after I do an event, people come up to me and they'll talk about the tool that I showed to emphasize the point on the technology. And that's what they really love. So now it's all about the tool. Now it's all about the tools. That's what we decided to uh, become. The name was pretty natural in terms of, you know, how we came up with this. And then the other types of problems we, ta we talked about in this particular episode and uh, filming it were... You know, managing your development machine. This is always an age-old problem for most developers. You know, where's my memory going? You know, what's spinning the cycles? What's, you know, how much storage capacity I got? 
And there's a good set of tools, just internals, that you can use to, to help manage that environment. We talked about the uh, Fiddler and looking at the messages in the service layer. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, needing storage as accessible from anywhere. Again, this is becoming more and more of a need. Anytime developers have to share, you know, uh, specifications or VPC images or whatever, <clears throat> it's getting more and more difficult to kind of share these uh, unless you got your own server, right, where you can do this. And um, so there's a free uh, service up at uh, skydrive.live.com that uh, provides that, uh, that capability. Again, another tool. We spend just a couple minutes on it, show it, so you can, you know, restrict access or you can open it to the public, and uh, it was beautiful. And then we had, I think, I think we're going to edit this one to be the final demo of the show, which was the um, the one that Jason did from Jason Bears from Infragistics. He apologized he couldn't make this interview today. He had a prior uh, engagement, but um, he is an awesome presenter. He's also an MVP. He used to live in Florida. I actually met him when I moved to Florida about six years ago in my first user group meeting I attended over here in, in uh, Florida.net in Tampa. Now he's relocated. He's up in, in New Jersey. He's got a great position with Infragistics. And he did a, uh, he did a world premiere. So when people see this um, video, uh, it will be a, a world premiere um, debut of a brand-new tool that's going to be free. And it's one that you can create beautifully styled WPF applications with no lines of code and no design team. So this is actually a design tool for developers. You wow. know, and a lot of folks fit into that category. Let me tell you, in all my seminars, there's not many graphic artists that are typically in there. They're they're hard code developers. And right. you know, with a few clicks of a button, he made this page just just like snap out of you and it just looked fantastic. And uh, they got some other free tools up there. There's a grid view, WCF grid view as well that's downloadable. And, uh, again, we'll have all those links on, uh, you know, we're going to be posting this up on the uh, channel9.msdn.com slash toolshed. That will be the uh, landing page with all the resources. Okay. And PowerPoints and source code and scripts. We're going to put it all up there. And then for the actual show itself... It's uh, channel9.msdn.com slash shows slash toolshed. So just stick a slash shows in there. Stan, what was your uh, role? I mean, I know Russ has been doing this for a long time. Um, how long have you been, you and Russ, been doing this presentation together? Well, it's uh, this was just kind of a, a combination of sessions that we had done through four different ep- episodes that we've been doing at Code Camps and user group meetings. Um, yeah, we've been, probably been doing this for about a year now, and um, actually Russ went up and down the East Coast last year, and I was joining, you know, via live meetings. I wasn't traveling; I was I was sitting in my dining room and, and joining him. We got this little shtick going where Russ would say, uh, "You know, Stan, too bad you don't have any pizza," and I'd go, "Too bad you don't have a beer." <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, you kind of get the get the audience fired up a little bit, and you know, I could hear everybody laughing on the other end, and yeah. you know, we knew that we got the audience going. You know, it's really hard when you're not there, you know, to see what's going on and all. But but we've been doing these. Uh, we like I said, we've done four episodes now um, of of cool shows, and uh, this was the first one that we actually recorded with a, with a video camera. Um, how many webcasts have we done now, Russ? Uh, I think we did three webcasts. Yeah, three on the June. On this, um, you know, we've updated all the content, of course, and and we did add a um, a developer community piece at the end. I did want to mention because this where it really kind of ties in the developer, you know, what's going on in the developer world, and I think this is something else a lot of folks need to 
you know, raise their level of awareness on. And um, I had Mr. Joe Healy come in and do this part of the session. So uh, it served a couple purposes. One, it gives a kind of a local flair. He's the local developer evangelist. And what I plan on doing in each subsequent episode is to have one of the local DEs uh, get up and um, and do this piece of the show because they know, with, number one, what's going on in their community. Now, granted, this is going to be aired nationwide, worldwide, um, but there are equivalents going on in the rest of the world, and uh, there are major conferences going on in the rest of the world. So we talked about mix coming up in Vegas. We talked about the MSDN events and how I got a few coming up uh, in, uh, uh, in, the, in the next month or so, and, and how it's not just around here, but it's nationwide. These occur everywhere, and many of these are free. Some of these are pay. Uh, then we got the ASP.NET and Visual Studio Connections in Orlando coming up in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the Orlando Code Camp on March 28th, which is where we're planning on filming uh, episode two of It's All About the Tools. SQL Saturday, uh, SQLSaturday.com. There's many. This is something that's fairly recent that's happened, and they're great. Anybody in the database professional area should go look these out. These are free events. Again, these are along the lines of Code Camp, but it's all about database stuff. And the next one happening here up is in Pensacola in Florida on June 6th, I think. Then, of course, you got Tech Ed in June. And you got tons of other things like roadshows, tiki huts, fire starters, code camps nationwide. And then he goes into, you know, where you can find out about um, uh, these things and where they're happening. Well, you got a few good sites there, the communitymegaphone.com. And we're going to put all these decks up with all these resources up on the Channel 9 site as well. But, uh, you know, participating in the local user groups is huge. Signing up for the Flash, the MSPN Flash is huge. And really, I think the biggest thing is getting to know, know your local developer evangelist at Microsoft, who that person is. And you can find that out by going out to Microsoft.com and simply doing a search on the, the local office and getting the phone number and just calling them up. And that's one easy way of finding out. Joe Healy offered up Jay Healy at Microsoft.com to email him, and he'll tell you who <laughs> who your local DE is. And then furthermore, you know, get to, you know, know your local MVP. You know, a lot of these times when you go to code camps, they'll, they'll have a social engagement after it, a dinner or something like that. And you can go there and, you know, buy the MVP a beer. And uh, for the cost of a beer, you get, you know, $100 worth of consultation services. So it's a good deal for, for the attendees, you know, to get to know these MVPs. And, uh, and the MVPs and the, RD, uh, and the RDs that we have are just, are just fantastic. They're all top-notch folks. And, uh, uh, they really are, are are the ones behind you know building this uh, this great developer community starting to see spread. So Russ, are you a DE? I am a DE. That is my title. I'm a developer evangelist as well. So me and Joe pretty much cover uh, you know Florida, Mississippi, and Alabama. I, I do more Mississippi and Alabama. He does more Florida, uh, but also I do all the live MSDN events, and he will do like the Tiki Hut tour. So. We kind of split up the geography. Wherever I'm not going, he's going. So we kind of cover Florida is a big state. So uh, there's a lot of turf here. And uh, having two DEs down here, uh, you know, just kind of makes sense. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik, who bring you this message. One of the drawbacks of using third-party tools is that you have to deal with numerous vendors. So say goodbye to consistent quality and service level. Fortunately, that's not always the case. Our friends at Telerik, for example, are a true one-stop shop for .NET. They recently rolled out their Q1 release, which is just packed with good stuff. Start with Silverlight, an incredible grid, chart, editor, and everything else. A whole suite. A 3D chart, yes, 3D in Silverlight. 
is coming soon as well. The traditionally strong ASP.NET Ajax suite got even cooler. New controls, Visual Studio extensions for quick project kickstarts, new examples and skins, you name it. And how about web testing? Yep, Telerik is now offering a powerful solution for automated testing of modern Ajax applications. It's called Web UI Test Studio and is developed in partnership with Art of Test. Then comes reporting, WPF, WinForms, but I'm running out of time. So just go to www.telerik.com, T-E-L-E-R-I-K.com, and be amazed. And hey, don't forget to thank them for supporting .NET Rocks. Russ, you know, a lot of people look up to you as uh, sort of uh, a, a mentor of speaker. I mean, you have... Yeah, you know, as I said in your bio, you have done so many presentations. You've talked to so many different people, and you always get fives on you know out of five on your on your on your evals. Do you have any recommendations for those who want to get started speaking in terms of practical advice? What to do? What not to do? You know, what fonts to use? What tools to use when you're presenting? You know, I also noticed that you have uh, a, a paper on your on your table next to you in addition to what you're looking at you know just give us give uh, the presenters out there who are listening some tips yeah i've actually done this session before it's like tips and tricks i'm presenting i've done this internally uh, at microsoft i've done um this uh, i think we had a launch event uh, a couple years back where we had a lot of um user group leaders that were going to be re-rolling out the content at their groups and so i did a um you know, a webcast on that. But to answer your question, yeah, it, uh, number one is you want to paint the pain right up front. I think that's one of the most important things. Yep. The audience is Touch the pain. There, and what am I going to get out of this session? I'm sitting here now. I'm ready to learn. What am I going to learn? What, what is this going to solve for me? So you really want to try to get, them, get the pain across up front. You don't want to give them the solution up front. Otherwise, they'll start yawning and go to sleep. You just want to set the stage for the pain, you know. And you can give, you know, practical examples. I mean, I talked about my dad, you know, when he was alive working on the car. And now, you know, he's got the spark plug in the back of the engine where he's trying to change it. And the regular spark plug wrench don't fit. Well, he's got this one with a round hook in it, and he goes back there and pops it out real easy. Now, without the right tool, you'd be working on that for hours, you know, and not being able to get it done. So you can draw analogies like that, and I think the more analogies you draw in, little it makes it sticky, and people remember those things. And, yeah, stories uh, rule. Yeah, I mean, uh, real-world experiences, um, they eat that up. I mean, the crowds eat that up because they all can relate to it. And anywhere you can save them pain... Is a beautiful thing because let's face it, no one wants to be, you know, uh, spending that pain. Uh, I like personally, my, you know, everybody's got different style techniques. I like personally trying to minimize the powerpoints. Um, maybe you know a few pe- few key points. I rarely read, you know, never read word for word on the slide. That's another thing. Just kind of look at key things you've got on on the page, or if you if you need to add additional things to the slide, to you know, just put a couple keywords that you speak a sense or two about, and then I go right to the demos, because what I end up doing in the demos is I end up stating everything that was on the slide anyway, you know, so it, I think that's a better way of communicating that uh, that, that piece of it, and yeah, the, the font setup is key, you want to go through and just make sure everything is readable, I mean, it's, 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 it's you know, I can't tell you how many conferences I still go to, even at, you know, I hate to say it, Tech Ed or PDC, some of our own conferences, where you get in there and the font size is so small you can't see it. 
And that loses a lot of the, the, the understanding. So you want your folks to understand what you're doing. So make it easy for them to see. And it's not just font sizes. It's highlighting colors. It's, you know, desktop, clearing your desktop off, removing the busyness, you know, removing uh, things that are going to cause performance degradation. Like uh, Carl, we did some tests there, uh, even for the TV show on, on, on recording the Camtasia to OneDrive, and I was running my VPC off the other. Well, I found out, you know, which one consumed more resources, and it was better for me to run my VPC image off the faster drive and write the Camtasia to the slower drive. That's just how the I.O. was working with those two particular products. Right. So things like this, you got to kind of tweak and tune. Also, a lot of those of you that are working with VPC images, there's a, I, I did a blog entry a while back on, on things you can do to help tune the performance in VPCs. Uh, I love VPCs myself because there's an automatic reset. When you're done, you just do undo changes, and you're ready to do that presentation exactly the way you did the last time. How many times have you heard a presenter say, man, that worked last night. I don't know why it's not working tonight. Well, something didn't get reset, right, back to the way it should have. And um, the cheat sheet is very helpful. Um, a lot of times you will get interrupted. You will get thrown. Get thrown all, all, my, all my seminars, I invite questions, right, as we go along, and people will see that in the... Uh, in the uh, TV show when they see that because we actually, you know, that was part of the idea of making it a live event with a live studio audience. This is just like our, our MSDN events and, and where people have questions. Um, and uh, so we did a nice job in on zooming in on those, those questions and getting those on, on, the, on the show as well. But that takes you off your, 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 your rhythm, right, when you do that because you've got to think right. a different train of thought. And then sometimes you just need that little cheat sheet next to you to get you back to where you were then oh yeah yeah yeah, and then you just pick right up and you know go normally. Or if you got something that requires a particular like a uh, a URL or something that's hard to remember that you got to type in, you know, you put that in. Something that's just where you need external memory to help you every once in a while uh, is good. I like code snippets because it's fast, it's quick, and I can describe the code. And I know Carl, when you're doing your demos, man, you are just typing away. That's because you could probably type, you know. Ten lines of code. The time it takes me to drive, drive, drag in ten lines of snippet code. You know, you're just that fast. <laughs> well, my, I, you know, I, I uh, spoiled, got spoiled because I was really just teaching the same class over and over again, and I knew it like the back of my hand. So, I, I sort of had a, a mantra, which is if I can't produce the code from memory, then I'm not going to talk about it. Like if I don't know exactly what I'm doing when I'm doing it, I'm not going to show it. So, but, you know, but I got, like I said, I got spoiled. I'm not, you know, I'm not a, um, a, a professional trainer and I'm not a professional presenter. So I don't have lots of, you know, I don't learn, digest, and then show. And, you know, that's something that, uh, that's a talent that I don't have. I really have to practice what I do just like I would practice a, a musical instrument and, and sort of, I got lucky that I only had to teach that one class. Well, preparation is key, and I'm glad you brought that up because there is no substitute for that. Uh, you go into a session and you are unprepared, you're going to have 300 people that are very dissatisfied. You know, uh, you, you can't escape that. You have to put the time in. You can't put it off. You got to allocate it. I got prep all this week. I'm doing for you know a couple seminars I got coming up next week. I mean, you got to do it. For me, on average, it takes me about 16 hours to prep for a one-hour uh, presentation. And uh, it, it, it could be up to 24 or 30 if it's a, if it's a brand new topic like Azure, right? This is going to like really suck a lot of time cycles for me to learn it, and and then being able to you know to talk about it. And right. One other really huge huge tip: right after you get done doing your demo, 
and before you return back to the slide deck, ask yourself this question, so what? And then answer it out loud. And what that does is that gives a beautiful summary highlighting what you just showed and why the people should care about what they just saw. Right. And that technique is just tried and true, and that really drives it home. You imagine there's like a some sort of heckler like right in the front row going, so what? Right. That's right. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah. Stan, well, off the top of you... my head, that's uh, you know what I can think of in terms of you know the developer, um, the presenter type um, things. Just you know, keep. I like to keep it fun. I like to keep it interesting. You know, it's 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 uh, it's um, enlightening, educating, and entertaining are the three things I always shoot for. The three E's. Yeah, Stan, it. do you have uh, do you have any uh, hard coded tips that you want to to share about presenting? Yeah, um, I have a little bit different perspective on it from what Russ is talking about. Uh, you know, as a community builder, um, I'm always looking to bring people from the local community up a little higher, you know, get them some better visibility and whatnot. So as a local developer group leader, I'm always willing to have my local people come and speak at my, at my uh, group meetings. Um, you know, that's what those things are for. It's, a, it's the perfect way for somebody to get their feet wet because, you know, they may only be talking in front of 10, 20, 30, 40 people um, you know, on their first time out, and they can hone it a little bit. Then they can move up to the code camp level where they're going to be speaking in front of a few more people, that, you know, maybe than they would get in the local uh, audience. And, and, you know, that just try to grow, you know, encourage people to come and speak, you know, work on, work on topics with them. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I got people who are always raising their hand and asking questions. It's like, well, you know something about, you know, these technologies. Why don't you put a little talk together around it? And, yep. um, you know, so I'm always trying to encourage people to, to, to go ahead and jump in and, and, and get going with this stuff. Hey, Stan, how, how would you categorize your presentation style? Um, <laughs> I don't know. You, you always tell me that uh, it's hard to break in. You know, when I get going, I just, I just kind of run um, uh, full speed ahead. But, uh, you know, what I, try, I try not to read off my slides either, but, uh, you know, I, I always have a lot of material on them and they're really for reference. But uh, I get going, and, and you know, I try to do the same thing, the three E's. Uh, I'm always trying to, to educate as well as, as entertain people out there. Um, and, you know, what, what Russ said earlier about preparation, you know, I have to second that motion. And, and uh, he's always really good about you know, we're getting ready to do a webcast, or I'm going to join with a live meeting, or we're going to get together in a room and do something live. He always has practice sessions. And, and there's always at least two for every session that we're doing. Right. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really great because that way we can kind of get our logistics down. If we, um, you know, need to break in the middle and talk about something like, wait a minute, this isn't, this is going too long or this is, this is not really sending the right message. It gives us a chance to work that stuff out before we get in front of the audience. Yeah. And that's, that's really key to making these kinds of things go smoothly. So, so what do you think, Carl? I mean, you saw both me and Stan present. You think we bounce off of each other pretty good? Yeah, I think you complement each other. You know, Stan is obviously a, a low, not as high energy, you know, as as you are. But you know, he's he's got his stuff down, and and uh, his uh, presentation was just as effective. I thought. So well, I can so, get yeah, turned really, on too. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't jump up in a hard hat and throw t-shirts and go crazy like <laughs> you don't have a theme song, Stan. I'm sorry. Well, the the hard hat was kind of falling off my head, so I had to be a little careful. But 
I made him wear a hard hat. This is the first time he had a tool belt and a hard hat on for any session. Oh, he, <laughs> gave, me, he gave me a really nice uh, leather tool belt with a rust tool shed patch on it. And at the end of the day, I thought he'd say, here, I'll hang on to that. Really but he's, he said, this is yours. Yeah, you deserve it. Hey, I just want to give a shout out real quick to our friends at Data Dynamics who uh, make ActiveReports.net, among other really awesome things. ActiveReports.net is great because uh, it allows you to just build your reports with an easy editor, embed them right in your application, provide PDF and HTML output, give your end users a report editor, royalty-free, of course, a great access report upsizing wizard, and all this for a price that isn't going to break the bank. ActiveReports.net from Data Dynamics. Go check it out now at datadynamics.com. Dan has, uh, has written half the content for the show, and I've written the other half. So we do our own content. A lot of times we, we, will, we will, you know, come across good demos, of course, that are done, and maybe we'll tweak them uh, from, from other sources like from the MST events team and so forth. But, but we're the ones that polish it up. And, um, and a lot of times uh, Stan will do, do one from scratch, like the whole assistant internals demo. There was nothing on that, so he did, they did that all from scratch. And um, Yeah. Uh, a lot of the things we just embellish, uh, even the Fiddler thing, I came across some additional add-on tools on the Fiddler site that recently got put up there, so I showed that. And uh, uh, one of them was actually seeing I- images going across the wire as part of the dis- display. So if you want to see you know, what kind of images are going across in your you know, view of the uh, traffic, you can easily see that now, and that looks like a cool add-in. So there's a whole add-in model now for... Fiddler, which didn't exist before, so I pointed that out, and one of the guys came up to me afterwards and says, that was cool, man, I didn't even know that was out there, I'm going to check into those tools, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree with you, we got a different style, I think, and I think that's important too, when you are presenting with two, two presenters, is you want to have slightly different styles, because it keeps the audience engaged, it's not monotone, it's not the same thing for an hour straight, you know, you get a different uh, pace with one guy, you get a different pace with another guy. It kind of changes things up a little bit, you know, and I think it keeps it more interesting that way. You know, session to session, it doesn't always go the same way either. Sometimes we're really interactive, and it's like, you know, we got this, this dialogue going back and forth during the presentation, and other times, like like during this first TV show, you know, we didn't get that terribly much dialogue going. Um, uh, you know, Russ, you were just charging ahead, and I know that uh, I was doing the same thing when I was talking, so it was kind of hard to you know, to cut in there a little bit, but, but we always try to get, you know, something going on and sort of ask the obvious question that the other person hasn't answered yet, you know, to, to well, keep things I mean, interesting. I mean, along those lines, you know, Carl, you and I used to teach together uh, at right. one point uh, in a, uh, years ago, and, uh, you know, every class we, we taught had a different personality. You right. Know, it's just, that's how it is, and it's the same way when you do presentations. Every audience has a different personality. And the only way you can really find that out, and you really should do this anyway, and I meant to bring this up and, and key points, is qualify the audience. Like, you know, I asked, how many people are doing web development? How many people need to do video work? How many people need, you know, uh, to incorporate, you know, mapping services in their site? And, and you get a feel for it. Or, you know, how many people have a WCF app in production? So you know, you know, what the knowledge base is, right, in, in the room. And you can kind of adjust your presentation on the fly and always having an extra demo too in your back pocket is always a good thing too. I remember one time I showed up in an account up in New England when I did the first half of my career at Microsoft was up in New England. That's where where we met. Right. And um, uh, I showed up at an account and I was going to do a a real deep dive on um, Com Plus. I think it was at the time. 
And I get in there, and these guys didn't even know the first thing about objects. Yeah. And I said, well, wait a minute. Let me go back out to the car. And I got my other, you know, script and demos and came back in, and I switched the whole session. Yeah, I mean, because right on the fly. How can you teach about Com Plus before you know what an object is, really? Exactly. And, you know, so, you know, that, that was an extreme example. But my point is you really do have to qualify the audience. And um, uh, otherwise you're not sure if you're coming in above or you're coming in below. And you really want to try to hit that middle mark. And a lot of times uh, you have to say things like these, you know, what I'm about to show you are for some of the folks that are fairly new new to this. And this way, you know, the folks that are, you know, um, you know, advanced, uh, they, they, they can go along with that because they know everybody's got to be on, on the same page, understand a certain amount of basics. Right. Plus repetition's good anyway in my book. Um, Russ, what's your favorite tool? Wow. You know, my favorite tool um, lately, I think, has been Encoder. I, I really have enjoyed... Uh, starting to work with that to slice and dice my video. Expression encoder. Expression encoder, yeah. 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 Uh, I've been doing a lot of, um, I bought this flip video. I don't know if you've heard about that or not, but, uh, very small, very compact. The audio quality is incredible. It runs about 150 bucks. It holds an hour's worth of, of video footage. So you can just stick it in your pocket, you know, and take it wherever you go. And, uh, I actually went with my brothers to a Jeff Hotel concert and I kind of like, you know, Took a few sh- few shots there, and it just the audio was amazing. I couldn't believe it. It was like I played it back. I was like, "Wow, this is blowing my mind." So I started using that quite a bit, and I got a lot of great, um, you know, personal kind of video clips this year. So I was using an encoder a lot uh, to encode that. And then that, in combination with a Movie Maker, uh, I was able to do some, you know, low budget kind of editing and low budget kind of. Um, uh, production that uh, came out pretty nice, you know, mix of music in and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of a personal thing. And, you know, on the professional side, I mean, you know, Visual Studio is, is it. I mean, it's just, there's so many tools in there. It's just unfreaking believable. Yeah, that's more like a, a tool tool chest. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, and that's what we're going to do on this show. We're going to dissect that and come up with one or two things to show about Visual Studio. Uh, like, for example, Visual Studio Tools for Office, VSDB Pro, uh, these are all great uh, demos that we can do in five or ten minutes that are part of that tool set. And uh, things like Obfuscation and you know the Obfuscator Community Edition and yeah. you know, the list just goes on and on and on. And so, you know, put it this way, Carl, we're not at a shortage of content for this show. There are no, just so true. many tools out there. So what's your plan for this? You want to do more episodes and um, and ramp this up? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few different ideas uh, we're running with, uh, is, is to do these, you know, really high quality production, uh, efforts, uh, like we, uh, we did, uh, when the filming of this and the production of this particular movie, uh, this TV show, TV show style format. But also there's value in just having short clips up there. I think there's a trend where a lot of developers, uh, you know, want to learn something specific or see something specific rather than an entire show. Right. So we might slice and dice this up and just have individual, um, you know, the individual demos. Maybe I can do an intro on it and a summary on it, you know, offline to introduce it and then go right into that same live uh, video feed from the TV show. Uh, we might be doing more snippets uh, live from uh, MSDN events, for example. And again, maybe it may be not as high a quality production. Maybe it'll be uh, more just like one camera focused on me, maybe one or questions in the audience, and that'll be it. 
Um, so there's a lot of different flavors we can go here. We can go low end, we can go high end. Uh, my plan is to do a lot more in the video world in the next four or five months. I really want to become a leader in this area. Uh, as you mentioned, I've got the, the presentation skills. I've been, I don't know, the top one or two presenter, I think, in the country the past 11 years in the developer community. And so it's getting more rust out there for, for less money and more more visibility and more people get to take advantage of it. So Very good. And one more time before we leave, what's the uh, URL where this uh, video is? Uh, the video is going to be over on Channel 9, channel9.msdn.com, slash channel with the number 9, slash shows. S-H-O-W-S slash Toolshed, T-O-O-L-S-H-E-D. That'll be the video. And then it's uh, channel9.msdn.com slash Toolshed will be our jump-off page. So that'll have all of the uh, resources. And that'll actually have a link to my blog in it as well. Excellent. And so we're those are under construction right now. By the time this airs, uh, those will be complete and ready to go, and that's so people can uh, take advantage of those. Excellent. Russ Festino, Stan Schultes, thank you guys very much. You're welcome. So I remember, uh, Carl, I was on episode 25, man. You guys have come a long way. Yeah, you were on uh, episode 25, man. And uh, I'm proud of you guys. You're doing a hell of a job. Keep it up. You, you uh, have done more for the developer community than anybody I know. And wow, thanks, man. That means a lot. I second that motion. That's uh, you, know, you guys have done a wonderful job with this. And I really enjoyed watching Carl you know, during the production here. I don't think he's usually on the backside of the camera, but he was dancing around that room Shout and stop. That's not what I told you to do. <laughs> <laughs> now, it was, many, many attendees, Carl, said we all learned a lot today, you know, about production. Carl, you know, on the, just the production end of it. And uh, one of the great things that Jason left uh, with the show, he goes, you know what? Everybody learned something today in this show. Everybody did. And uh, that was a really nice compliment, compliment for him to say that. Well, thanks. It was a lot of fun for me to, to be involved with it, and good luck, and, uh, and everybody out there, enjoy the video. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks thank so much, Carl. Thank you, Russ, and we'll see you next time. Dotnet rocks. Dotnet rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a